everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and... Ah! Sorry, I just got out of seeing the movie Scream! Uh, Scream 6. And I'm honestly really excited to talk about this movie, so hopefully that did not scare you all too much. If it did, maybe this movie isn't for you, because uh, I will say it's definitely scarier than One Man's Scream. Uh, but there are definitely more than six screams in this movie, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm just pumped to talk about it because this is one of those franchises that I have jumped onto very late and I'm more than excited and happy to be in it where I'm at uh, in this kind of fresh space. So let's dive in. I will probably talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, check it out. I'll, I'll do this much. I'll say this. I will save my spoilers towards the end of this episode, so we'll talk for a bit about overall thoughts, performances, all of that sort of stuff, and that way, because this movie literally just came out yesterday, so uh, yeah, so let's dive in. So IMDb says, in the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City, and uh, boy do they ever. So, first off, kudos to the Scream team for figuring out how to put the 6, the Roman numeral 6, into the Scream M. I thought that that was very classy. And also, kudos to the Scream franchise for grabbing some absolutely amazing actors that I think are absolutely on the rise. And I'm hopefully they lock them in for some future franchise movies because... This series seems like it is only just heating up. So I'm just going to start with uh, the performances. So we are getting, and I'm pretty sure you see all of these people in the trailer, so apologies if not, but Courtney Cox, we clearly see Gail Weathers is in the trailers. She's from the original Scream movies, which uh, I have not seen. I saw, I probably saw the first Scream movie, honestly, at one point or another, but back when I was a kid, Oh man, I stayed away from those movies because they just looked scary. The ghost face mask scared the scared the bejeebies out of me. And so I just ne- I didn't want anything to do with it. I always remembered that was one of those like, oh, don't go near that movie type of thing. So the first Scream movie I actually saw was, it may have been the one before the last one, but I, I saw the last one when it was on Paramount+. Plus. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I loved the whole idea of them breaking down what the movie was going to be. They had, uh, uh, her name was Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy. Um, she's like a film buff. And uh, and that was one of my favorite parts of this movie. I was like, man, they really like film in this. But um, she talks about how, oh yeah, this is a requel, right? Like a reboot sequel. Uh, here's how it's going to go. And I loved that because that really set the audi- subverted the audience's expectations. Um, and this one does it again. So Courtney Cox is in this movie. She does an amazing job in this movie. And I can't say that enough because I did not, I was not a huge fan of her in the last movie. I thought she was kind of stiff. I was worried that maybe her role was going to be unnecessary. Uh, But she, everyone in this movie was perfect. So I thought she was great. She's got some awesome action scenes. She kicks butt. And again, when I, when I was looking at myself going, oh, you know, is, is, is her time up in the last movie after this one? I I, I need more. I need more, 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 more. So a huge shout out to Courtney. Uh, But let's talk about the two main sisters, Uh, Melissa Barrera. 
holy cow, a Sam Carpenter. She did great in the last one. I loved her in In the Heights, and I loved her in this movie. Oh, she, I, I need her in more movies. Please, if anyone is listening, cast her in everything. Bring her into the Marvel Universe. I don't care. Um, I just need to see more from her because um, she's amazing. I love her. And then, of course, Wednesday Adams herself, Jenna Ortega. That's what I'm talking about when we say booking these huge stars. She has blown up. But she was in things before Wednesday, right? She was in X. She was in Jane the Virgin. Um, and then she was in, uh, there was another, oh, uh, Studio 666. She was in that as well. I didn't see it, but, you know, IMDb-wise. So she does an amazing job in here. There's a trauma that all of these characters are carrying over from the prior film. And I think they carry it really well, especially the the group that deems themselves the core four which is the two of them, and then Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy and her brother Chad uh, as Mason Gooding. Both of them were amazing too. And I, I, I just, the, the friendship that the four of them had, the whole idea of them constantly needing to stick together. I mean, they did their best to fight through every single horror movie trope, and they did it with such poise. Um, they killed it. Like I said, it was, it was incredibly entertaining and, and the scares were there. I mean, there were the kills in this movie were insane. Uh, there are multiple times where I was saying, holy cow, like I, I freaked out when, uh, uh, you know, again, a couple of the stabs, I was like, ah, uh, just cause the stabs themselves were so crazy or the, the slashes themselves. And it truly is a slasher film. Um, Skeet Ulrich is in this as Billy Loomis. It was great to see him. I was not expecting him to uh, reprise his role from the last movie. Dermot Mulroney is in this as a cop, uh, not to be confused with Dylan McDermott. Uh, and then also for fans of She-Hulk, and uh, you know he he came out on the scene in She-Hulk. I wanted more of him, and I got more of him in this movie. Josh Segura as Danny. Uh, was he was great and then we also got another throwback to a character that i've not seen because i didn't i don't think i saw the movie but hayden penetier is in this movie as well as kirby and uh she again a lot of nostalgia in this film uh, but at the same time it is all for the purpose of the film it is not nostalgia for nostalgia's sake it is all to service the plot this is another great example of a film that is standing on its own a film that knows what it wants to be, knows where it's going, knows that there's probably going to be more films in this franchise. I mean, they've moved locations, and they have a whole other conversation in the film. Uh, Mindy has this conversation about this is the sequel. She said, this is a sequel to the requel, so you know what that means, right? And they're like, what? And she's like, that means that this is a franchise now. And, and she's explaining, like, you know, that means, you know, in a franchise no one is safe they can kill she and she literally referenced she's like luke skywalker uh tony stark they are not afraid to kill off the did they, they didn't kill off luke skywalker oh no they did right yeah, yeah in the in the uh the uh, sequel trilogy um they're not afraid to kill off main characters and so that and again that's not a spoiler that's just at the very beginning of the movie but I loved that because that set the tone for the whole rest of the film. It seriously, it throws you off balance. And all I'll say is no one is as they seem. And Josh Segura is one of the smartest people in the movie because he tells uh, Melissa, or sorry, Sam, he says, don't trust anybody, not even me. 
And that, to me, is the message of this movie. Any, it could be anybody. And I'm sure if you've seen any of the other, uh, any other reviews, there's there's some twists in this movie. And I gotta tell you, they do an amazing job throwing you off course. Where I went, Lisa and I went and saw this together, and we kept saying like, "Oh, it's 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 that person for." And I loved this. We went and saw. It was like a it's like a uh, you know it was like four thirty five o'clock showing. Uh, and there was only a couple people in the theater, so we could kind of, you know, we talk sometimes when we're in the movies, and I'm always, like, bummed because when there's a bunch of people around, we're not going to talk. Um, so we're like, oh, no, it's going to be that person. Like, oh, it's totally them. And then, it would, you know, it would twist and be somewhat something else. And it was like, oh, that threw it off. There was so much mystery in this movie that, like I said, I can't spoil who it was or what the story is. But when you find out who it is, uh, it ties everything together again. And it just made, not only is this one building off of the entire franchise, honoring the entire franchise in ways that I was not expecting at all, especially when, and I'll say this as unspoilery as possible, when you think about Ghostface as an entity, that was really cool. But then honoring the last movie as well. So not only building on the whole franchise, but really saying this is where we're staking our claim. And just like we talked about in the last episode with Creed, where we're going in the future. And and part of me says, I don't know where we're going in the future. There's a really sinister place we could be going in the future that I am 100% here for. But I don't know. And that's what that to me is what's exciting about a franchise. I Trust me. I, you've heard it on the other episodes. I love my Marvel movies, uh, and I love seeing those hints at here's where things going. But at the same time, I love the wink and the nod of, hey, we're going to take this somewhere, but we're not going to give you all of it right now. We're not going to even give you a real hint as to what it is. You kind of got to guess for yourself, and you really are. I mean, I, no joke, I was at the edge of my seat in this movie. Um, another thing that I want to call out in here is a huge surprise of uh, one of my faves, new faves, Samira Weaving, uh, or Samara Weaving, uh, is in this as well, and was awesome uh, for what she was doing. She only had a, a small part, but I think it, it uh, I was wondering to myself, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then there's a bit where Sam visits her therapist, Dr. Stone, and uh, played by Henry Zerny, Zerny. Uh, and I was like, I've seen this guy before. And all of a sudden, I started sm- getting a smile on my face when I pulled up IMDb, after the movie, of course, uh, and saw who the director of this movie was. The director, uh, James uh, or Matt uh, Bet- Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett are the two directors who both directed the prior movie. But what else did they direct? Ready or not which has Samira Weaving and Henry Zerny in it. So I love when directors go into new movies and pull in people like, hey, do you want to come in and be a, you know, a guest on this one, you know, have a cameo? I think that's awesome. Tony Revoli, Revolori, Tony Revolori was in this movie as well, and he did great for the part that he was in. Um, there's also a couple of other great performances from Jack Champion, Liana Liberato, and uh, it says here, too, the voice, uh, Roger Jackson does the voice of, uh, what's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I, honestly, there there is a point in the movie where uh, I was like, man, I, I kind of wish Ghostface gave me a call and asked me what my favorite scary movie was. Because I feel like him and I would have a lot to talk about. And I feel like I could get him to avoid killing me. 
only in the sense that uh you know we could just talk about scary movies like there's nothing wrong with that uh but no so like i said the the film itself was uh it was non-stop there's it's it's a little slow to start and some of the dialogue is very cheesy in the very beginning but you have to just stick with it and know that okay it's this way for a reason and you can almost immediately guess why it's the way that it is as the conversation starts rolling and then from there it just absolutely kicks into high gear you know there's that scene in the trailer where uh the sisters are running into that uh convenience store and the ghost face killer comes in and is literally murdering people in the store and i just remember seeing that when i saw it in the trailer in the theater and i was like what the, like he's this person is killing people in public how are how are they not how can they not stop him and uh you see why in this movie and it was just so i mean the the way that they twisted some of these kills and made things a little bit different, a little bit new, but again, really building on that strong franchise was awesome. And so I applaud this movie. Honestly, like I said, we're living in... They say that there's this... I don't remember who said this, but um, it's really sad when they said it. But they're like, do you ever think about when you look back at that time that last time you had a sleepover and thinking that this was the last time you're going to have a sleepover right like there's that moment where you're doing something and you're think about it like when you're graduating high school right or you're graduating whatever it is and you're at that last whatever and you don't really realize you're in that moment until after that moment i mean and i've unfortunately had those times where i do realize it and so that's why i tend to be a little quirkier than some because, you know, I tend to get sad about those things quite a bit. But this right now, where we are, I just have to, I have to vocalize this, that we are in one of those moments right now. We were in a dark time for cinema for the last few years, right? 2020 was abysmal. 2021 wasn't so good either right you know a lot of stuff was coming out on streaming again no complaints i enjoyed it but we started to slowly get some movies back and then 2022 was really good we got a lot of good movies but we also didn't get that many great movies i mean you look at my top 10 from last year and a lot of them were eights which again a great movie is is no problem but i'd like to have more nines and tens in my top 10 but we just didn't get that and uh I just, the fact that it's already, it's only March, and we've had Ant-Man and the Wasp, we've had Creed 3, Scream 6, and we've got John Wick 4 coming, we've got Transformers, is it 5 or 6 or 7, all of these sequels that are getting to this space where they understand what they are now, right? Think of this, and, and you know, this is a really interesting duality conversation, especially after just recording the Creed episode, right? Think about Rocky 2, Rocky 4. Think about Rocky 5, right? Those movies were not good. They were not that good. They're fine. Some of them are fine. But back in the day, when you're making sequels, the whole idea was, how could we make as much money as we can right now? How can we take all these people's money without them noticing that this is a pretty bad movie, right? How can we get away with having a pretty weak script? How can we get away with some subpar acting? And I think we are just getting into this space, and, and I know a lot of you might agree with me on this, when, when uh, 21 Jump Street came out, 
that movie is something that will always, I'll always remember that one because that was during a time of a lot of reboots. And I, I, you know, I've spoken on this for a long time on nostalgia and using that to people, taking advantage of people, right? Oh, you know, this is just a gimmick and the rest of the movie is bad. 21 Jump Street flipped that script and said, hey, you can have a movie that has some nostalgia, but is also its own new thing and is really good. And I think we're seeing that now. I think we're in that space where we are getting a lot of really, really good sequels that know their sequels and are thinking to themselves, how can we become a franchise just like they talk about in this movie? How can we become this next franchise that not only keeps the theaters going, keeps people coming back, and part of the reason you get people to come back is to make a good movie? Right, it doesn't have to be the best movie in the world, but good enough to where you have a great opening weekend, and then maybe you have a good second weekend, and from there you're good. But you make your budget back, and you're you're on your way. But movies like Scream, movies like Creed, these movies are going a step further and saying, let's make an amazing movie. Let's make a really great movie that stands on its own, honors the past, teases the future, and is good by itself. Something that... Again, Lisa didn't see the prior Scream movie. She hadn't watched it, and she was fine. She caught. You don't need to have that. And I, I, to me, I think that's just magical. And so again, I go back to that idea of we're in this time period where I don't know what next year is going to hold. Right? We none of us do. We know what's on the docket, but there's chances that some of these sequels coming aren't going to be very good. That they're going to be annoying, or there's going to be something about them that's just. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they went in this direction. But right now, right here and now in this moment, sequels are living their best life. And so if we're going to scream about anything, we need to scream about that. We need to scream about how the sixth movie in this franchise or the ninth movie in this franchise just outperformed in its first weekend what all of the other movies did. Unheard of, right? That is unheard of. Look what happened with Ant-Man. That's only the third movie in the franchise, and it did not. I, uh, it might. I think it did better than its peers. But when you look at, there's just a lot right now where box office is everything. We're trying to build back the theater experience. We're trying to get people to come back to the theaters. And I've seen articles about it. I agreed when I looked at my calendar. March is that month. We are marching on. So for those of you, as I get on this tangent, um, I'm. You got Shazam two next week. John Wick 4, you got the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which isn't really a sequel, but kind of feels like it is. Evil Dead sequel, Guardian sequel, Fast and the Furious sequel, uh, you know, Transformers, Spider-Verse, Indiana Jones, Insidious, Mission Impossible, uh, The Meg, The Nun, A Haunting in Venice, The Expendables, Saw, Dune. There are so many sequels coming out. And I just pray that all of those sequels take the same approach that Scream and Creed have of honoring what has come before, understanding what has come before, but charting a new path, bringing in things that are fresh and different so that we can continue to experience this excitement in theaters. Because I promise you, if you go see this movie, you're going to have a good time. Uh, you know, like I said, there could be things that you could nitpick about this one very easily, but at the same time, it is a very fun experience. So highly encourage you to check out Scream. 
uh, even just for just for Melissa Barrero alone, right? And Jenna Ortega, obviously. Um, they're just, oh man, I, I need more of them. Uh, but yeah, so that's where we're going to wrap it up. So like I said, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, I'm glad it exists, and I'm really glad that I got to go see it in theaters. So thank you to AMC A-List. I am piling on the movies. I'm going to see 65 tomorrow with Adam Driver. I'm pumped about that. We'll have a little conversation about that as well. I'm really enjoying having kind of some of these smaller podcasts uh, about some of these movies that, you know, <laughs> not spending a whole hour and a half talking about. So that is where we will wrap things up. Thank you all for listening for Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. And we will see you at your next scary movie.